The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. We're back. That's right. Fantasy Baseball is back. And we're excited to bring you the first episode of the year. And we're talking fantasy impact for Shohei Otani with his new home and Mike Trout without Otani. MLB news, offseason moves, and prospects who will have a in- fantasy impact this season. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show. <laughs> Welcome in to an all-new edition of the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show, the relief show for all Cowboys fans who are trying to get their minds off of football. Uh, We are bringing you baseball. That's right. Baseball is here and the fantasy baseball season just around the corner and the Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball Show has you covered. Today's episode presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. And SeatGeek, that's right, Uh, looking forward to what's ahead. Each Sunday night, with the exception of Super Bowl Sunday, I will uh, will be bringing you this show and giving you fantasy rankings and MLB news and all kinds of stuff going on. And I'll be joined each and every week, or at least the large majority of those weeks, by the senior fantasy writer from BellyUpSports.com, the one and only Kevin Wilson, who joins us now. Hey, Kev, how you doing, man? You know, we're we're doing great here, Vince, and uh, oh, I'm doing great. I don't know about anyone else in this Dallas area. Might be uh, a little depressed, but uh, you know, we're we're facing our we're not facing. We're in the midst of our first hard freeze of the of the season. Yeah, over here in North Texas. So if we could talk about a little baseball and bring some, you know, some some spring thoughts into people's minds, that'll be great. And I'm certainly ready for the season. And uh, I come in, I'm ready. I got my Rangers World Series shirt. I got my Rangers watch right there, World Series. And I got somewhere around here, I got my Rangers uh, World Champion book. And right over there on the corner is uh, a poster of champions of baseball Rangers. So we're pretty jazzed over here to get the baseball season started. So, yeah, we're pretty we're pretty happy in this house, especially because we're not cowboy fans. That helps. <laughs> so we are ready to get going here. Yeah. So it is stinking cold here. Um, we yeah, are going to be below twenty all day tomorrow. Supposed to have snow coming in. Um, I've got a, I'm preaching yeah. a funeral tomorrow uh, morning, and uh, sitting up watching the uh, football game here just a few minutes ago. I'm freezing my tail off in the house. So. I got me some uh, coffee brewed right here in my Christmas mug, uh, Milwaukee Brewers Christmas mug. Okay. The heartache of the Brewers is softened by the success of the Packers right now, and okay. uh, we'll see how it shakes down. But baseball season is right, right around the corner. It's hard to believe. Yep. I mean, it's January. Typically in the past, we started this show in February. Um, I'm already catching some flack for why in the world are you doing a show during the wild card game? Well, first of all, it's the Lions. We know they're going to lose, so there's no reason to watch it. Second of all, baseball fans like baseball, no matter what else is going on. That's right. And, and of and course, if they're are. not watching live, they can always tune in later, catching it on the uh, Belly Up Sports YouTube page, the Sports Stove Podcast YouTube page, the Fantasy Belly Up Sports, uh, Belly Up Fantasy Sports, excuse me, Facebook page, 
or wherever you get your audio downloads for your podcast, Apple, Spotify. It's all available on the Sports Stove podcast feed. So, I mean, it'll be all right. You don't have to tune in it'll, live if you don't need to. That's right. It'll be live. You know, it'll be all right. And because uh, the very first day of the year, I dropped my very first fantasy baseball article. Three. So I am ready to go. And uh, so if you, we'll talk about some stuff later, I'm sure. But uh, Belly Up Fantasy, you know, website, get over there. I talk about some stuff. And uh, we'll probably cover a little bit of that here. But uh, so I'm ready for some baseball. I am too, man. I'll tell you what. Actually, when I started doing the prep for this program a couple weeks ago, um, I started to just get that fever. Last, let's see here, Monday, um, I talked with the EKU baseball coach, Chris Prothrow, on the Sports Stove Local Hour. And I got so amped for baseball. I mean, I was ready to go. Granted, so... The pack, I'm a huge Packer fan. I'm a massive Packer fan. Right. And I've been as real as I can be about the Packers this year. You know, I did not have high expectations. I thought eight to nine wins was definitely possible, a playoff spot, a possibility. Um, and I thought they could beat the Cowboys today, but I did. I was not getting my hopes up. Like, I was trying to temper myself. Well, now I got to kind of refocus on football <laughs> because of what <laughs> happened tonight in the football game. But That's I'm right. all in on baseball as well. We'll have something to talk about this Wednesday, yes. I'm sure. Yes. Yes, we will. Um, but tonight's all about baseball, and we will not talk football anymore tonight because we are excited about the fantasy baseball season and the regular baseball season and all that good stuff. So we're going to start off with our first segment of the day, which we like to call our fantasy burner. <laughs> This season, the Fantasy Burner is presented by SeatGeek. Are you going to a ball game, a concert, or anything else you need to buy a ticket for? You can get it at SeatGeek.com. If you use the code BELLYUPSPORTS, you're going to get $20 off your first purchase there on SeatGeek.com. So make sure you go check out SeatGeek.com. Find the available seats and all different price ranges. Use that code BELLYUPSPORTS. You're going to get $20 off your first purchase from uh, seat geek, and of course, we're so thankful for Belly Up Sports, not just Belly Up Fantasy Sports, but also Belly Up Sports.com. Um, and the, the crew over at Belly Up, even if they do think we're crazy for live streaming during a wild card football game, um, <laughs> we're still pleased to bring it to you, and we're thankful for Seat Geek helping out as well. Um, so each, and, uh, each week, what we like to do if you're new to the program, here it is, here it is, Vince. You found your book, found a book, so there it is. <laughs> So, All right. Like uh, we'll I hopefully really we'll see your your Otani Dodgers jersey a little bit later as well. Um, well. I'm sure that's probably you know on order. Okay. So the fantasy <laughs> season uh, during the year, throughout the year on this program, our first segment will be the fantasy burner, which is just simply a quick fantasy topic. We'll cover more fantasy at the end of each program, um, and we sandwich uh, Major League Baseball news in between. So. Uh, this is our fantasy burner segment. Today, what I wanted to talk about, Kevin, was the fantasy impact for Otani and Trout. Obviously, they've been together. They've kind of protected each other in the lineup to some degree as well, even though there's been major injuries with Trout throughout the years. Um, now Trout's kind of on his own in uh, Los Angeles or Anaheim, and uh, and Otani goes to the Dodgers, which are stacked at the top of the lineup. They're not as deep as people are pretending they are. Yeah. No. Um, and Otani will not be pitching this year. So that's a major fantasy impact. So let's start with Otani because obviously he's the big news of the offseason, signing with the Dodgers to a massive yet um, 
weird contract. <laughs> and uh, But who cares about that right now? Let's talk. We might talk about that in the next segment. But let's talk about the fantasy impact that Otani has. He goes from being the clear-cut number one overall draft pick in fantasy to now being a questionable kind of where-does-he-land situation. And we'll talk about this some with rankings in the weeks to come, too. But when you look at Otani and where he's at now with the Dodgers, um, he'll hit, you know, I would assume, in the top three of the lineup, either second or third. And um, again, good people around him. So how relevant um, is Otani this year in fantasy baseball? I would say just simply due to the fact he's not pitching, as you mentioned, he's advocated that number one draft spot. But you still got to put him in the top 10 at the very least, maybe top five. Just because he's got that 40 home run potential, yeah, and he is a left-handed hitter, and so and he's going to be, as you mentioned, that top half of that lineup is pretty solid. You got, however they hit him, you got Betts, and you got Freeman, and then uh, they signed uh, what's his name from from Seattle, which I'm not sure how big I am on that just yet. <laughs> But uh, they got Will Smith, who's a good hitting catcher in there. So their top of their lineup is solid. The other half, as you mentioned, is a little questionable to me. And but uh, so he's definitely in the top ten, at least. So if I'm in in somewhere in the first round, you could probably talk me into taking him. And if you're in dynasty, you better hang on to him because obviously he'll pitch again. And he'll go right back to being the 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 player that he's you know pitching, hitting, and all that. So I definitely would say you got to take him out of the number one spot because that clearly belongs to Acuna. But after that, and I think Soto's number two. After that, you could argue he could slide in anywhere in there. Yeah, right now Fangraphs has the projected lineup to be Betts, Otani, Freeman, Smith as your top four. Muncy, um, Outman, Outman, um, Teoscar Hernandez, who's the name you're trying to come up with, and Jason Hayward, Gavin Lux to to round it out. That's a left-handed heavy lineup. Um, Yeah, Betts, Betts, Smith, and Hernandez, the only right-handers if they go with that lineup. Of course, there's Austin Barnes, the backup catcher, Miguel Rojas, yeah, we don't, yeah. <laughs> Chris Taylor, <laughs> and Manuel Margot as well, um, uh, currently on the roster. And that can still change. I mean, there's still potential for them to add pieces to this lineup as they go. I agree with you. I think Otani, I, right now, I'd probably put him top three in fantasy drafts. Um, a chance I would put him at two, but I can safely say I'd have him in the top three right now. Um, and just a standard drafts as opposed to, to, um, dynasty. He shouldn't even be available in dynasty. League. No, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> if he, yeah, that means you're starting a brand new dynasty league. If he is available and you want to take him number one in that case. Um, That's right. I would as say. long as if he is one player. Yeah. Right. If he is one player, he's the number one pick regardless of what kind of draft we're talking about, uh, you know, other than redraft for this year. Right. Yeah. And if you have to draft them separately, which this year won't matter, so we won't even bother no. with that at the moment. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, nonetheless, listen, the Dodgers are going to have a good team. Um, they, they've they've added a lot through the pitching as well. Yamamoto, of course, also 
Glasnow comes over. Walker Bueller will start to get healthy. Bobby Miller, who pitched decent last year as well. Um, so, they, I mean, they're going to have a good team. They could still add Josh Hader possibly in a relief role as well. So, you know, they're going to be good no matter what. I just don't think that they're as um, offensively gifted as people are acting. Like, they're like, oh, look at this lineup. And they always just show Betts, Otani, Freeman, and Smith. And they don't show anybody else. But, right. yes, it's, it's a good lineup. I'm not saying it's – I mean, it's definitely not the worst lineup out there. Um, but it is top-heavy. And uh, But how does that affect Otani's fantasy? Honestly, it doesn't a whole lot. He's still going to get his hits if he's hitting behind Betts um, and in front of Freeman. I mean, it's not like they can just walk the guy. Um, so right. there's there's going to be plenty of fantasy value there. I agree with you, uh, Kev. I think they're probably – I think he's probably a top three pick um, uh, up there still at the top of the draft. Acuna is, seems to be the clear-cut favorite to go number one, yeah, which scares one, me yeah. if I'm drafted number one. Yeah, if I'm number one, I'm taking Acuna all day long. How could you argue about any of his stats? I didn't put paper, pen to paper, however you want to look at it, to argue that he's the number one pick because there's no arguing that. I did say about who would be number two, which I say is Juan Soto. I like him in that lineup over there hitting left-handed in, in New York. So if I'm number two, even though he's disappointed in San Diego, I think yeah. he turns that around big time in New York. I'm not ready to give up my rankings just yet, but I no, probably no, agree with no, you. That, that's, you know, that's not yeah. saying a whole lot, and that's yeah. not a whole lot of – not, not a big today, spoiler but, there. Right. <laughs> All right, let's talk, talk about Mike Trout, who okay. – Man, you talk about the one good thing they had going for him was they had Otani and Trout. And I'm looking right now, again, I'm looking at fan graphs. So the projected lineup is uh, Luis Rengifo. Ren, uh, Ren, uh -huh. I always forget how to pronounce his name. I don't know how to pronounce that. And he he's he he, he could do some fantasy stuff for you. but uh, He can, but he's not Otani. Um, no, after no, Trout, no. they got Trout batting second. Drury, Brandon Drury. Taylor okay. Ward, Anthony Rendon, Mickey Ammoniak, <laughs> Logan Ohapi, uh, Nolan Shanuel, and Zach Nato. Um, oh boy, what is this? I mean, Trout. Yeah. Let's talk about Trout without first of all standalone Trout. Um, he has dropped from a top pick to a top five pick to a late first rounder to now third rounder. Like where where is Trout stand? Even if he had you know Otani still on the team. I'm, you know what? I was thinking that Mike Trout has gone from being, as you mentioned, a must, almost a must-have player, to being a player that I'm not gonna, I don't want anything to do with. Hmm. And unless he falls lower than the third round, really, then maybe I could be talked into him, because but you take that injury history, which is glaring, and yeah. then you that lineup that you just mentioned. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's a second division lineup. No question about it. There's some players that have some value, but they're not. They'd be batting all those guys, but Trout would be batting in the bottom of somebody's lineup. Yeah. So I don't like him in that lineup at all. I think the whole team takes a big, huge step backwards. How could they not? And so Mike Trout, I'll let somebody else, you know, take him and then let that be their problem. I'm not going to have anything. The way I look at Trout is, again, it all depends on how the first two rounds go. 
But if he's there on my third round pick, I, I would think I would take him there. Um, I I don't think I could take him in the second round. I think right now his ADP is late second round. Um, but I've heard a lot of people talking about him going into the third round, which I think makes sense. I, I'm not sure his value is a second round value anymore, but no. um, I, I'd be willing to take him in the third round again. And now if I hadn't selected a pitcher yet going into the third round, then I probably would go pitcher over that um, depending on where it sits and everything. But to me, third round grade makes sense for Trout. And if he's there in the fourth, you know, I'm sweeping him up. I mean, that's, you know, how that shakes down at the end of the day, but he has no protection um, again. And I hate that I've, Forgot how to pronounce this guy's name. Rengifo, Rengifo. That's um, as close as I could come. It it's a weird that's a weird pronunciation. Now I can't remember. Anyways, um, and listen, we'll apologize. First episode of the season, we're going to mispronounce names. Get over it, right? Um, and yeah. move on. You'll know who we're talking about, and we'll know who right. we're talking about, and that's all that matters. But um, there's very little protection. Maybe Taylor Ward wakes up and has a great season. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm off on Rendon. I, I refuse to draft Rendon in any. No, he's, you know, he's a bigger injury risk yeah. than Trout yeah, is. And that's saying point. something. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't like, I, yeah. I don't like their lineup. I don't like it at all. Individually, I could see, cause I've had, okay, I'm going to try it. Ringafo. I'll okay. just say it. But, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I've had him on my fantasy team and he's actually done some things. Yeah. And Drury, I've had him on my fan because he plays every position there is. Right. So he's got fantasy value, but that's later in the draft. Right. Certainly. And uh, nobody you're taking anywhere up any close to the top of of any draft or even the middle to me. So I don't like it. And fourth round, I could be talked into that maybe. But if you third round and you're you – know, Ahead of me, you go ahead and take him. If you're behind me, I'll let you take him. Yeah. I'll just put it that way. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, who had the greater impact this offseason? Meaning, with the move, does Otani have a greater positive impact for his fantasy value? Or with Otani moving, does Trout have the worse impact as a negative impact versus positive? But who was impacted more by the Otani move? Otani for the positive or Trout for the negative? I think it's Trout for the negative. Just as we mentioned, the lineup protection is not there, no matter who was batting second, third, whatever. And and so his stats are going to suffer. How You know, he's not going to have the guys on base. He's not going to have, you know, any any of that protection, scoring runs, all of that. So I think it's it's a it's a huge negative for Mike Trout unfortunately, because talent-wise, he's still one of the top players in baseball, but it, it's it's not looking good to me in Anaheim all the way around. Yeah, I agree. I don't think there's enough of a bump for Otani to make him the larger, uh, being impacted larger, um, just because I think he's kind of steady. I think he is what he is, and um, going to L.A. is not going to hurt him for sure. Um, I don't think it helps him greatly um, either, whereas Trout, I mean, it just hurts him. You know, you talk about, how invisible Trout has been over his career being with the Angels. And now all the publicity they've had the last two years has been Shohei Otani. And I think people are going to forget about Mike Trout again, which means there might be leagues you get Trout in the fifth round just because people are kind of like, oh, no, I'm off on him. And I think that would be a steal if you get him, get him that late in the draft. Right. And if it 
if he winds up hurt, that then the sting is, won't be as bad. If right. you uh, have to put him on your, uh, you know, your your IL <laughs> yeah. in the fifth round, you you could you could deal with that. Yeah, it'll still kind of sting a little bit, but not nearly as much if you take him in the second round yeah. or even the third, and he winds up on the IL for thirty days or whatever it is. Yeah, you're you're gonna have a huge hole in your lineup. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I again, I still think late third round is where I would take him at um, if he's there, and and I, you know haven't already drafted two outfielders <laughs> that I might look at them late third round. Um, but uh, I don't know. We'll see how that one shakes down. That's the fantasy burner presented by seat geek. Again, go to SeatGeek.com. Use the code belly up sports at checkout. You're going to get $20 off your first purchase. Let's transition now to our call to the pin. Our call to the pin is presented again this year by Righteous Felon Jerky. It's time to join the flavor revolution, and you can do it at RighteousFelon.com. You're going to use the code STOVE15, that's S-T-O-V-E-1-5. You're going to get 15%. That's right. You heard me correctly. 15% off your purchase at RighteousFelon.com. I've got some of my favorite flavors up here behind me. Um, I have tried all but one flavor so far at Righteous Felon. Still need to get that one. Uh, uh, tasted, but uh, I love Righteous Felon. I don't just say that because they support the the program. I purchased Righteous Felon. Uh, the tenderness is incredible of the jerky. The flavor is very, very good. So RighteousFelon.com, use the code STOVE15. That's 15% off your purchase. All right, we're going to use this segment yeah, for Major League Baseball. That just, just listening to that call to the pen music, Yeah, there's that's enough reason to join our show just that right there. <laughs> We want to thank our band members in the background here uh, for right. striking up that that uh, that music for sure. Um, we're going to use this segment throughout the year um, as Major League Baseball news and opinions, and we'll talk through it throughout the year. Sometimes we'll have guests on as well during this segment. But let's start back. We've already kind of mentioned it at the beginning of the show, but the Rangers in five over the D-backs to win the uh, World Series last year. And uh, what a story for Texas. They had a great year, regular season. Um, they started to falter towards the end of the regular season a little bit, and then they showed back up in the World Series in the playoffs. I'll tell you what, here was what shocked me. I just kept saying the pitching. There's no way the pitching is going to last, uh, but they did. Uh, how's the feeling there in Texas about the Rangers now heading into a new year? Well, right now, they're just trying to seem like they're they're basking in the glow, so to speak. <laughs> and because uh, Jordan Montgomery is still out there and they're saying that they don't at this point have the money that they need to bring him back and uh then the news came out that Scherzer won't be available till at midseason at the earliest so they're right back to pretty much the way things were at midseason when they didn't have enough pitching they don't have it right now there are question marks on their pitching staff because of injuries and the guys that are out there and the bullpen. They lost Will Smith, the other Will Smith, to Kansas City. So they have not made any real moves as of yet, but uh, you got to think that uh, some are going to come. And uh, if Jordan Montgomery hangs out there a little bit longer, maybe they'll bring him back. I think that he's, he's a pitcher that you want. He's pitched the last three years for for the New York Yankees, then St. Louis, 
and then the Rangers, and he's been solid everywhere he's been. So he is a starter, and he's a lefty on top of it all. So he's a guy that you want in your lineup. It's just can they budget in for him to to come on board? So Chris Young, the general manager, or what, whatever his president of operations, whatever it is that he is, has shown that he can and will bring on pitching. He will certainly do that, I think, before next month gets here. And pitching has been the the talk of the offseason um, in many ways, at least in free agency um, and where that goes. And we'll talk about that more in a moment. But, I mean, um, there are less and less pitchers every day. Uh, so if you want your guy, you kind of got to go get him. There's some trade trade possibilities. Dylan Cease is still available via trade. I'm not sure what you had to get up to give up to get him. Um, but there's some some options out there, but not a ton of good options left. Montgomery is definitely um, towards the top of the list. Uh, let's see if the Dodgers, listen, they made moves. Um, now let's start with this because I want, if we got people who are new to the program, Kevin lives in Texas and he has supported the Rangers in his time in Texas. But ultimately, Kevin, you're a Dodgers fan. Right. Um, and I just don't want to confuse people because you're wearing all the Rangers stuff and right. everything like that. You know, but you got the Dodgers flag behind you. So, um, right. and so, uh, you know, all these moves that they made has made the Dodgers like the number one hate. You know, they're they're the Frankenstein monster of, of, of baseball. Yeah. Right now. And uh I, I don't know how many people I've heard say, well, there needs to be a uh, salary cap in baseball, which I say fooey yeah. to that. Yeah. And um I I can prove that in just ten seconds. Out of the last ten years, you know how many champions there's been in baseball? A bunch. Nine. Nine? Yeah. The only team that has won two championships in that period is the Houston Astros. No other sport can make a claim like that. Certainly mm. not basketball, not football, not hockey. So all this cap stuff, you, you can make an argument there needs to be a south cap floor. Sure. So teams like the Pittsburgh Pirates just don't take money and then put it in their own pockets. But as far as being a cap is concerned, there's no need for that. Baseball, and this is in the early 2000s, there was a run of seven different champions in seven different years. So baseball, among all other sports, has the opportunity, because we're talking about the Kansas City Royals have a World Series championship in the last 10 years, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So... They fell apart afterwards, but yeah. They fell apart afterwards, granted, but they made it to two World Series in a row. Yeah. So if you happen to be a, a, a fan, let's just say the Portland Trailblazers in the NBA, are they going to the NBA Finals? Do they have a shot? No, <laughs> yeah. they do not. So all the people that are yelling for salary cap can please shut up, okay? Kind, and, kindly, uh, we, we ask. Um, yes, please. Just... I don't want to, you know, come out <laughs> too strongly there. But uh, as far as the Dodgers are concerned, Otani, exactly the way I predicted, the Angels would not trade him. They did not. Right. The Dodgers signed him, just as I said they would. And so, yeah, it's not the Dodgers' fault that Otani wanted to, you know, put off six hundred eighty million or whatever it is of his salary. That's not their fault. They didn't. Yeah. That's his suggestion. Yeah. I will question them bringing Tyler Glasnow over with because he's been hurt. And yeah. I'm not big 
maybe, but I'm not one of those that are absolutely sold on him. And Yamamoto, if you sit there and tell me you know exactly what he's doing, you do not. He hasn't even thrown a pitch on American soil yet in a major league game. I do like the fact that he's 25. Yeah. Much younger than the other guys that have come over from Japan in the past. But uh, if we're talking a little fantasy here, you have to take him if you're going to take him wherever you feel comfortable and, and, and just live with it. I think that where he's going, I'm going to take a more established pitcher to me yeah. than him. But, uh, you know, he could he could go 20 and seven, let's say. Yeah. Or, you know, and if, if he's, let's say, like somebody like Senga from the New York Mets, you can live with that. And um, but just to be able to, to to know what he's going to bring is an impossibility. So you just have to do your research and just wherever you feel comfortable, do it and live with it. So I want to start with Glass now. He last year pitched 120 innings, the most in his career. Right. Um, 120 is not that many. No. <laughs> um, no, in 2022, 40, he pitched six point forty two innings short of qualifying for the AR, ERA title. <laughs> um, yikes! Uh, in 2022, he only pitched six point two innings. 21, he was 88 innings. 20, he was 57. 19, he was 60. Um, in 2018, when he came over to the race from Pittsburgh, he pitched 111. So, um, listen, I like Tyler Glass now. He's a good pitcher, obviously. Um, health is everything for him. And I, I'm, I don't think it was a bad move by any stretch of the imagination for the Dodgers. Um, no. And they also added some outfield help as well with Margot. So, I mean, there was I, – actually, I liked the move for the Dodgers, but – when I looked at it, my first thought was, man, Tyler Glasnow, man, what a move. But then I thought, wait a second, I can't draft him high because he's only going to no, give no. me half a season and I'm going to need him for more than that. Now, if he's healthy for the playoffs, that's one thing, but more than likely he gets hurt and is out for the season and I don't get him in the fantasy playoffs and he ultimately does me no good whatsoever to have on my team. I, I don't know. I've not really dove in too deeply to ADPs yet. Um, that being said, Glasnow is one that I'd have to, man, I'd have to think long and hard about when it comes to drafting him, just because I really don't think he's going to be around when I really, really need him. Yeah, uh, that that's exactly where I was coming from. And, uh, there are plenty of pitchers who maybe don't have the, quite the, the, the ceiling that he does have, but their floors are significantly higher than his, I think. So if you're talking higher up in the draft, floors to me is where you need to make sure they've got a good, stable floor. And um, Tyler Glasnow doesn't have that to me. Yeah. Now, I was surprised, Kevin. We haven't talked a lot this offseason. Uh, I, I figured you would be incredibly stoked about Yamamoto. You did mention that he's young, which is always nice. That, that, that's um, nice. So at the end of a five-year deal or whatever it is they gave him, he's 30. Yeah. You yeah. can live with that. You don't have to worry about him being 38 years old at the end of the deal. Fangrass has him projected to pitch 184 innings to go 12 and nine, um, to have a uh, 9.78 strikeout over nine innings um, average, 3.98 ERA. Um, how do you feel about him as far as, I, I don't know, I guess I would have thought you were going to be incredibly stoked and you come across as actually kind of pessimistic on the Yamamoto sign. So, well, tell me, tell me wanna... from a fan side of things, not a fantasy side of things. Okay, a fan the fan side, side of things. Me, 
you know, is, is, uh, I'm still a little cautious. Okay. Because, you know, the Dodgers used to be known for being the pitching mecca of baseball. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, Walker Bueller, for one, he's been hurt. They've had some, you know, guys that have gone down. And so I, I don't know if if maybe it's a Dave Roberts thing. And it seems like he gives them guys all, you know, he pulls them out of games and whatever to try and protect their arms. But maybe something's just not clicking exactly to me when it comes to the Dodgers and pitching. It mm-hmm. should be. And uh, I want to be excited about it as a fan. I think it, who could possibly market against the Dodgers bringing Yamamoto and Otani into a ballpark. And so just that alone, they're going to break in the dollars and, 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 you know, the Dodgers, they start the season over there in Korea this year. And so from that point on, there's going to be dollar signs flowing all over the Dodgers and, and, and ad revenues and everything else and interest. So, on that note, it made all the sense to just give him Yamamoto whatever he wanted. So, because they're going to triple profits off of that alone. And so then that makes it so they can make other moves and get people more upset because Dodgers are adding players. <laughs> so, on that aspect of it, the Dodgers, you know, hate them. I'm all cool right. with that. And uh, just like Yankee fans were back in the day, when the, I just hope it's a different thing because when the Yankees were most hated they didn't win so yeah that's true i hope that's a little different here <laughs> um milwaukee made a little bit of news early in the offseason by signing 19 year old jackson shirio to an eight-year 82 million dollar deal <laughs> a big deal for milwaukee um cheerio has been raking in double a last year um i mean raking and now there's talks that he makes the opening day uh roster and is playing on opening day in milwaukee which i'd be perfectly fine with as a milwaukee fan um yeah. but it's dangerous right to sign a 19 year old to this kind of deal yeah that seems the way the things are going a lot of guys are signing their players so that they stay way away 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 from arbitration which i understand when soto gets a 31 million dollar one year deal so uh if if I were you, I'd be really stoked. Yeah. And uh, we're going to talk about prospects, like you know, a little bit later on. But yeah. uh, I I would certainly be excited to have him in my in my system, and I think that he's going to be on that major league roster to start the year. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, he's definitely going to be on it at some point. The start of the year is the big question mark, but I don't see why not. Why do you sign the dude to the contract and not let him play? I mean, you're talking about fighting right. with with Weimer, who is entertaining but not great. Um, Garrett Mitchell, who's steady and solid, but he's not Cheerio. I mean, there's there's reasons to have him up there for sure. But one of the cautionary tales of young players is Wander Franco, who is in a whole bunch of legal mess out of the country, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. and no signs of him returning to baseball anytime soon, and a really good chance never again, at least at the major league level. And, uh, I mean, he's young, but... She was younger, as they say. So, <laughs> so Wander Franco is in a lot yeah, of trouble. How does that impact yeah. Tampa? It 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 has to impact you because as you, you know, he is a solid player for them. He's a solid bat. He's young, as you say. And so uh Tampa 
we always, I, at least I do, give Tampa a wide berth because they obviously know what they're doing. We had a, a one of our guys write an article about them and uh, questioned the way they do things, which was was a surprise to me because the Tampa way is the way to, you know, if you're a team that gets 500 fans a game, you need to do things you know, other than the way the Dodgers and many other teams do. And so, but at some point, how 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 is your talent pipeline going to replace somebody like him? Sure. And so, and Tyler Glasnow, even though he's been hurt or whatever, you knew that uh, when he was on your roster, he could pitch. So Tampa might be in some trouble this year. Yeah, I... I'm out on Tampa spoiler alert for later in the year. I, I am. Okay. And I, you know, last year I was, I just said until they prove me, you know, until, until they prove that they're not going to be that team, I'm going to have to keep picking them. And um, I feel comfortable now saying, listen, I mean, they're still going to be better than probably some people will give them credit for, but I don't think they're going to be that contender that they've been. And uh, that being said, Tampa and the White Sox are the two teams that have been, the most rumored to be moving to Nashville at some point down the road. Um, we'll see if that shakes out. I know actually the White Sox most recently have been uh, ownership has been in Nashville meeting with people. That was before the meetings in Nashville. So um, we'll see how that one shakes out as well. Let's get to the offseason moves, um, Kevin. Okay. And I'm going to read off the pitchers that have been signed. And I probably missed some because I did do this several days ago. Um, okay. but Chris Sale to Atlanta, Lucas Giolito to Boston, um, Shelby Miller, Jack Flaherty, Kenta Maeda to Detroit, Seth Lugo, Michael Walker to Kansas City, uh, Yamamoto and Glasnow to Dodgers, Ryan Jensen to Miami, Severino uh, to the Mets. Uh, let's see here. Sonny Gray, Kyle Gibson, and Lince Lynn. They're going old in St. Louis this year. And then Robbie Ray, who will not start the season as he's injured, um, he goes to San Francisco. And then someone else just signed in San Francisco. Um, do you remember who that was? Oh, no. Is it Hicks? Uh, let me see. Because I wrote all this down. Uh, <laughs> San Francisco. No, I don't. Because I pretty much, you know, when it comes to the Giants, are kind of like, you know, second division. I know they're <laughs> your, your dad's favorite, but um, – uh no, whatever, they just landed the a guy. Doing, I don't pay a whole lot of attention. Hang on, I gotta look it up now. Jordan Hicks, that's who it is. Jordan okay. Hicks from Toronto. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So a lot of pitchers off the board to start off the uh, off season. Um, here, like I said, there's not a ton that are left. Um, basically, you're looking at Snell, Montgomery, uh, Masir Stroman just signed with the Yankees, so he's yeah. off the board. Kurt Kershaw still available. Grinky's still available. And your boy, Julio Urias, um, who had his charges dropped, which doesn't right. mean that he won't get suspended because he probably no. will for 35 games, maybe. That's just a guess. Um, but he's out there as well. Um, has there been a pitching move or moves that have intrigued you this offseason? Well, St. Louis yeah. struck right from the gate. And while I like Sonny Gray, mm -hmm. I like him a lot. But uh, Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson, I put up a big, huge red flag on those because Lance Lynn gave up the most home runs in all of baseball last year. He was second in runs allowed and fifth in hits allowed. Then you come over here to Kyle Gibson, 
fifth most runs allowed and the fourth most hits in all of baseball. So that is not a step forward to me at all. So, and the Cardinals have been known to, you know, be a, a, a well-run as you, you know, organization, yeah. but I don't know what in the world they're doing with, with either one of those two pitchers. I would not be big on either one of those. As I mentioned, Sonny Gray, 279 ERA, 32 starts. He gives you pretty much everything that you could possibly want in a pitcher. So I like that. But uh, these other two guys, I would have left them in the in the pool. So I, I'll counter that. I actually like it um, to a degree at the very least. First of all, Sonny Gray, I love. Um, Sonny Gray, Gray grew up right down the road from me. So I've always okay. been a Sonny Gray fan. Um, I was really hoping Milwaukee would go out and get them. Uh, they did not. Um, but so you got Gray, Mikolas, Kyle Gibson, Lance Lynn, and Steven Motts as your um, okay. pitching rotation. And so there's a strategy here. Uh, Motts is 32. <laughs> um, Gray's 34. Mikolas, 35. Gibson and Lynn are both 36. They decided they're going to try to give uh, experience a run this year and see if that can turn things around for them. I really like the gray signing, like you said. I agree with you on that. And I think Gibson and Lynn, with their experience, it, it, you know, I think there's potential here for they can kind of – the division's not strong. People are going to tell you Cincinnati's the team to watch. No. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that on another episode. We'll be talking okay. about them. You can be sure about that. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to them on another episode. I already – I told them last year at the All-Star break, I tried to warn Reds fans – don't get your hopes up. You're going to be disappointed. No one listened to me. No, no, we're going to the World Series. Um, no, no, they weren't. Um, anyways, I, I actually like these moves by St. Louis. Could they have been better signings? Definitely. Um, but I like the idea of saying, hey, let's give guys who have experience um, for this team. Let's see if they can come in and give us some stability. Uh, being your third and fourth or fourth and fifth pitcher in the rotation, having those guys there. To me, it's not the end of the world. Um, so I actually kind of like it. Um, yes, they definitely could have done better, but I, I also think they could have done worse. So I, I don't mind these signings for St. Louis, but I am intrigued to see how it shakes out, um, especially being a Brewers fan in the division. Um, I'm intrigued to see, you know, kind of what what goes on um, with that. Um, for me, I probably would have said the same thing outside of the Dodgers, and we already talked about the Dodgers, uh, but Glasnow and Yamamoto are both, intriguing glass now with his injury issues and Yamamoto coming over to the States from Japan. I, I am not a Yamamoto guy. I, I am not on board with this. I don't, I don't think he's going to have the success that people think he's going to have. Um, they, they expect him to kind of be some people expect him to kind of be an Otani type pitcher. It's just not what he is. Um, I mean, he's a, uh, I've seen him as, you know, what a fifth round, maybe even sixth round fantasy draft pick. He's just not going to be that electric guy, like and and have the same stuff that Otani has. And and I agree with that a hundred percent. But I can guarantee you, someone is going to take him, and they're going to take him too high, in my opinion. Hmm. And so, like I said, yeah, I they're going to have to live with that if they do do that. And uh, if he was there in the fifth round, I think that would be something because he's got the potential now to be one of those guys, but uh, I don't think there's any chance he'll be there in that, in that space. Somebody's going to take him second or third round. Oof. And that that's a little hoo-ha, you know, like I said, 
second and third round, you're talking to guys like Zach Gallen and, and, and guys yeah. like that. I'm going to take them every single time over somebody like Yamamoto because they've got high floors and high ceilings. You know what they're going to give to you. So I would do that in a heartbeat. And uh, let me just say, because uh, you mentioned Miles Nicholas, you know who yeah. gave up the most hits in all of baseball <laughs> last year? That would be Mr. Miles Nicholas. Yeah, so he was bad. So, you know, experience, I'm all down with the experience, unless the experience is bad. It's a bad so, experience. Yeah. <laughs> Fair so, enough. It's gonna be, if I'm the, the Brewers hitters, yeah, I'd be sitting there and I'd be excited. Way <laughs> anticipating hitting off these guys during the regular season. Yeah, Jackson Cheerio is lining up already uh, oh, yeah. to, to hit against St. Louis. Um, all right, so here's another pitcher that I was out on until he got moved to Atlanta. Chris Sale. I was I was out on Chris Sale, and there's just something about Atlanta that makes me go, you know what? I think I'm back in. Not not like high draft pick in, but I'm really intrigued about Sale in Atlanta this year. How do you feel that that bodes for both the team and for Chris? Well, I think that, uh, you know, if you're in a lifeboat, the water is coming up a little bit, so the boat is rising. So I, I, I certainly like him a lot better in that Atlanta team than, than on Boston because uh, Atlanta knows how to handle their pitchers. Um, I would still be just a little on the cautious side because – you know, he pitches for a little bit and then goes right back on the I.L. So I'm a little cautious with that, but uh, I'm certainly less cautious than I was when, what, a month ago before they uh, they, they right. did that trade. And so Atlanta gives him some appeal, and um, you definitely want to sit there and check what his ADP is and see if that's something you want to try. Yeah, I mean, he sits in a rotation with Strider, who we'll get to next week when we do our pitching rankings. Uh, Max Free, Charlie Morton, and Bryce Elder. Um, he's kind of protected in that yeah. rotation, and he has not been protected in Boston uh, No, he's all. been expected to go out there as a the number one guy yeah. on Boston, and that has not worked. Um, let's transition now to hitters. Um Really, outside of Juan Soto going to New York, I don't really feel like there's any major news. Um, I thought the Yimer Candelario signing by Cincinnati was intriguing. Um, I like the Von Grissom move to Boston. I think that he has an opportunity there to, to showcase his um, his untapped potential to this point. Um, and then outside of that, though, I mean, there's just not a lot to love so no. far and there's not a lot of great free agents out there either outside of bellinger i like matt chapman in the right situation still as well um reese hoskins who was injured but when he comes back there's just not a lot of big names sitting out there so soto seems to be the big move getting traded mm -hmm. to the yankees and so uh you know you talk about pitchers and uh the pitcher that uh that the pod you've got for Soto, Michael King is a guy that you'd certainly right. want to take a look at. Yeah. And uh, I think he's going to do well down there in San Diego. And so, uh, but you're right. You know, pit hitters that we're talking about, like Hunter Renfro, let's not get too excited over that. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I'm just looking over here. 
Garrett Hampson and and yeah, Kansas City. You know, and 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 Mitch Garver, which right, I like him. Right, okay, going to Seattle, but um, uh, Luke Rayleigh, yeah, Mitch Haniger. These are the kind of guys that we're talking about, and it's way too early to be jumping for joy over any of these dudes. <laughs> and so, um, hey, let me say this, Kev, though. I okay. love what the Yankees did. Not only with Soto, but Trent Grisham comes over with them. And I am a massive Trent Grisham fan. Um, and yes, he has not, he has devalued over time, but he's still actually relatively young and a solid defensive outfielder. And if he can find his bat again, he's going to be a great piece for New York. And they bring in Alex Verdugo, which again, three years ago, you would have said, wow, but now not as much, but you put him in a change of scenery. Soto, Grisham, and Verdugo, that's a that's a pretty decent offseason for the Yankees. The only thing that concerns me about uh, Soto to the Yankees, and everybody's all like Aaron Judge in center field is a great move, but uh, <laughs> I, that's, that's, that's asking a lot from a guy as big as he is. And um, Is I he going to be the everyday? He's not going to be the everyday center, center fielder, is he? I would have, yeah. So, uh, you know, defensively, that screams like you like you said, Grisham. He is a pure center fielder, but you're not going to take Aaron Judge out of your lineup. So I don't know how that's going to exactly fit in New York. So I think Stanton's the odd guy out here. Um, yeah, I think Judge is going to do more DHing. Um, personally, and I think Stanton's the guy that's the odd man out that gets left behind, um, here. And, uh, I mean, you can, you don't have to have Grisham out there every day. Um, uh, he's not the, he doesn't need to be an everyday guy right now. And, uh, so, but he's only 27. It feels like Trent Grisham has been in the league wow, for 13 years. That. Yeah. He's, okay, he's so young. Yeah. There's still, there's still there's some, a lot there. Some meat on that bone, if yeah. you will, at 27. Yeah, and you talk about right now the way that it's lining up is you can have Oswaldo Cabrera and Oswald uh, Oswald Pereza as bench guys for the Yankees, um, and now that depends. Last year, DJ LeMahieu was kind of in and out different places. Gleyber Torres, you know, so I mean maybe they take over these spots, um, but I mean at the end of the day, this I think the Yankees are set up right now to have a, a, a solid season. Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon, Marcus Stroman, Clark Schmidt, and Nestor Cortez are their projected rotation guys. And they actually have depth for the first time in a really long time, bringing in Grisham and Verdugo um, and Soto, of course, as well. So I, I don't know. This might be the year the Yankees show back up again. They they might. And uh, I certainly won't jump for joy over those pitchers that you just <laughs> named. But... They are all a step up to me over Luis Severino, right. who went to the Mets, which boggles me to no end. I don't <laughs> know what in the world the Mets are seeing in him. He just won't stay healthy. Right. And so uh, the Yankees, I, I, they've got depth. They've got some pitching. They've got – I'd rather, you know, pretty much stick my head in the microwave than and speak, you know, nice about the Yankees. But uh, – you have to like some of the things that they've done over there. Tampa, yeah. as you said, and I say take a step back. So they're going to be right there with Baltimore and Toronto trying to win that AL East. And uh, they've disappointed, of course. 
the Yankees in recent years, but uh, yeah. you better look out for them this year. Yeah, they've disappointed Yankees fans, but no one else over the no last one several else. years. No one else, certainly not, <laughs> not anybody in this house. Yeah, we'll continue to talk about these moves as we get throughout the year, get into our rankings next week even, um, and things like that. But a reminder, today's Call to the Pen segment is presented by RighteousFelon.com. Use the code STOVE15 at checkout to get 15% off your purchase. Now is the time to join the Flavor Revolution, RighteousFelon.com. Let's break into our final segment of Episode 1 of the 2024 season with our Fantasy Focus. All right, for our Fantasy Focus today, it's presented, by the way, by BellyUpFantasySports.com, your one-stop shop for all things fantasy. And it's a place you can always find Kevin Wilson's articles, bellyupfantasysports.com. We want to use this segment today to talk about prospects that will have some fantasy value um, in the 2024 season. I'm going to read you the top 10 uh, prospects to watch according to Fantasy Pros um, this year. They've got at one, Jackson Cheerio from Milwaukee. At two, Ellie De La Cruz from Cincinnati, who of course came up last year. Three is Jordan Walker from St. Louis. Third, uh, four is Jordan Lawler from Arizona. James Wood from Washington comes in at five. Drew Jones at Arizona uh, is next. Grayson Rodriguez from Baltimore, a pitcher, the only pitcher on this list. Um, Jackson Holiday from Baltimore is eight. Marcelo Mayer from Boston is nine. And Andrew Painter from Philadelphia comes in at ten. These are all guys that we could see. Elliot De Cruz, Jordan Walker, of course, we've already seen. Uh, but then you got these guys like Drew Jones, whose dad played. Jackson Holiday, whose dad played. Um, I think somebody else, Lawler's dad, I think, played also. James Wood's dad may have played. Um, anyways, though, you got these prospects and others as well. Um, I'll let you start, though, who you think is fantasy relevant as a prospect this year. Okay, so I am surprised that uh, on that list that you named, that number one to me is Jackson Holiday of the Baltimore Orioles. And um, every other place other than Fantasy Pros has him ranked as the number one prospect in baseball. I did not consider Ellie De La Cruz as a prospect. He sure. has played a half a year in the majors, so he is no longer a prospect. So, and uh, Yamamoto, I did not consider him a prospect either. Right. And so uh, Jackson Holiday. Right in 125 games, 323, 1275, and this is what I really like about him: 101 walks versus 118 strikeouts. Mm. So, and he also had 24 stolen bases in the minor leagues. He plays second, he plays short, and so uh, I think he's Baltimore's next superstar. And um, and they know what to do with their young guys over there. And uh, right, uh, you are the one. Vince, that uh, at, at, number one, at identifying prospects. You've done it the last couple of years. You've been ahead of the curve. So do you think that Holiday belongs at the top of the list? I think he belongs towards the top of the list. Um, I think that Cheerios is number one for me because of the opportunity that he's going to get. I think he is more guaranteed to get that opportunity. Um, from the get-go of the season versus Jackson Holiday, but I think when Holiday comes up, um, the the pressure that's going to be on this kid is going to be huge. But 
he's got a chance to watch Gunnar Henderson do it in front of him. Adley Rutschman do it in front of him. Um, and Jordan Westberg do it in front of him. So there's, there's that. And Baltimore's done great with these young guys. Um, you know, holiday is projected right now to be the starting shortstop for Baltimore. Um, which is interesting, I think also. And, uh, you put them in that lineup with Henderson, Rutschman, uh, Santander, O'Hearn, Hayes, Mullins, Montcastle, Westberg, like it's a really good team. Uh, but I think Holiday probably starts lower in that uh, in that batting order than Cheerio. If Cheerio comes up and, and starts the year, I think he's going to get just more opportunity um, than Holiday will, at least at the beginning of the season. So I put them neck and neck, honestly. Um, I think they're both right there towards the top, and I, I would not argue with anyone who puts Jackson Holiday number one on any prospect list. Um, but... Those Arizona guys, um, you know, Drew Holiday is a really intriguing prospect. We have seen him uh, as a high schooler, a lot of publicity on him uh, as a high schooler, but they've also got guys um, that they're going to have to find space for their young guys, whereas Baltimore has space, Milwaukee has space um, as well. I By the end of the season, we may talk more about the Arizona guys than we do about the other guys, but I think as far as season hole goes, Holiday and Churio are the two guys you're looking at. The only thing that concerns me about Churio, unlike um, Holiday I just mentioned, 43 walks against 104 strikeouts. Mm. And so um, I like to see a little bit more balance than that. But uh, he's only 19 years old. Yeah. So you got to give him a little uh, little leeway on that. And uh, – but as far as being, it seems to me as being the, the complete hitter, Holiday is the more complete guy there. And so uh, that's why I have him at number one. I have uh, Churio at two. Paul Skeens from Pittsburgh. We're just talking, you know, uh, prospects. He was the number one overall pick a year ago. So he's got no fantasy relevance this year at all. But uh, if we're talking about props, you got to like him. Um, so then I go uh, Dylan Cruz, Wyatt Langford, Evan Carter. Okay. And mm-hmm. um, I was absolutely wrong about him a year ago because I thought that he was going to come up when uh, they had injuries. As soon as they, the Texas Rangers were whole, they were going to turn right around and send him back, back back to the minors. That's not what happened, of course. And he just hit and hit and hit and hit and hit. And so uh, he's an exciting player. And um, even though they're the World Series champions, they got a place for him to play. So I like him a lot. And uh, uh, Andrew Painter, Kyle Harrison, here's my giant. I'll throw you. Yeah. Okay. Um, Junior Caminero, Tampa. So they do have players still over there in Tampa. But um, so those are my top 10. Now, Vaughn Grissom's not a prospect, um, but he's still one of those young, really young guys who had all this expectation last year. Like they said, he's going to win the starting job. He lost out to it to Orlando Arcia and can never claim it at any point in the year. He makes the move to Boston, um, projected to be their starting second baseman. Um, h- how do you feel about Vaughn Grissom and how he lines up and now with a change of scenery? Sometimes change of scenery helps, but uh, 
but he's not one of those guys. When you talk about change of scenery, it's usually because of older guys. If you're a you know a young guy, that it didn't matter. It shouldn't matter what scenery you have. If you get the opportunity, you have to take advantage of it. So I think there's opportunity for him, but he's going to have to show me something before I'm going to dive head first into you know the Von Grissom pool. Because as you mentioned, he had every opportunity to win that starting job and did not do so. And that was a superior offensive lineup he would have been a part of in Atlanta and didn't do it. So that is that's a caution to me. Yeah. Uh San Diego's got some guys that are gonna have some opportunity as well. Um, Robbie Snelling, Braden Braden Nett, um, you know, with the moves that San Diego's made this year. That's going to create some open room and a possibility of, you know, opportunity there in San Diego for sure. Um, but yeah, I think prospect wise, I think the two guys at the top being Cheerio and, and, um, holiday, is that right? Holiday. Yep. Yeah. Um, those are the guys at the beginning of the year that you can look at and go, okay, I got an opportunity with these guys, um, to go out and, and, and get some value fantasy wise. The other guys are guys you put the little flag. Um, on, if you're on ESPN, you can flag them and keep them on a little watch list. Um, <laughs> that would be, you know, and pay attention. That would be great, Vince. If uh, ESPN had an, uh, a fantasy app that you could actually get on because it's been under maintenance for about, <laughs> under maintenance. about five days now. Yeah. Every and, year, uh, man. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, when it was available and that was part of my article where they have Julio Gonzalez, Rodriguez, yeah. I'm sorry. Rodriguez, Julio yeah. Rodriguez ranked in their outfield was absolutely absurd to me. I don't know yeah. what in the world they're talking about over there. Maybe they'll uh, rethink that when the rankings and, and when they put their, their their app together, whenever that is. But I saw that and I was like, no, 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 <laughs> no, no. So we'll see what happens when they actually fire up that, uh, that app and uh, we'll go from there. All right, so next Sunday we come back, 8 o'clock Eastern time, uh, and we're going to start off our rankings. We're going to start off with starting pitchers. In the past, we've always started with catcher. I said we're going to shake it up a little bit this year. Uh, so we're going to start with starting pitchers, and we're going to do a little different this year too. We're going to give you tiers this year, and then we'll give you um, late-round values, um, overpriced players, guys that we're not going to go after because we think that people will draft them too high. Uh, might give you some mid to late round stuff or some busts to a degree um, as well. But uh, we'll get to pitchers, starting pitchers next week and get the rankings rolling out uh, before too long. We'll get our draft set um, as well. And um, last year, um, uh, Chase won um, and uh, not sure that he's going to be back with us this year. But uh, we will get the league filled out, and we'll, we're going to do a head-to-head -head points league as we've done in, in the years past, and we'll kind of use that as our, um, our, our meter throughout the year as well and keep you up to date on how we're doing. Uh, Kevin is a regular season monster, um, okay. and, uh, and that's the, the nicest thing I'll say about Kevin today. Um, <laughs> we'll, we will not bring up his postseason – yeah, we don't uh, need to get into that. <laughs> but he's always there in the end. That's what matters. That's what matters the most. But um, we'll give you advice throughout the year, of course, as well. And uh, looking forward to what's ahead in this year. Um, so a couple of things to remind you of before we go, though. First of all, bellyupfantasysports.com. 
um, an important website. You need to go check it out if you've not been there yet for fantasy on, on all the sports, uh, football, hockey, basketball, baseball. It's all there at bellyupfantasysports.com. Uh, righteousfelon.com is where you get your jerky and join the flavor revolution. Use code STO15 at checkout. SeatGeek's where you get your tickets. SeatGeek.com. Use the code BELLYUPSPORTS for $20 off your first purchase. All right, Kevin. Uh, first of all, you find him at Twitter, at Kevin62WILSEA. What's on the docket from Kevin Wilson here in the coming days? Well, uh, in the coming days, uh, I'm I'm doing whatever it uh, strikes my brain to write about, <laughs> if you will. But uh, as I mentioned, uh, there's a fantasy baseball article already on the Belly Up Fantasy website. And uh, you can get a little early taste about who, because I identify who I think is the number one fantasy starting pitcher and uh, may not be the guy that most people are thinking about. And so that's on there. And also, though, because I took a look ahead at fantasy baseball, but I took a look back about fantasy football. I identify my uh, my fantasy MVP, who uh, was my most disappointing fantasy player, who my fantasy rookie was, and uh, who I thought was the most improved from game one till the end of the fantasy season, who was my most improved player. So. Those are all available on the fantasy, fantasy, the Belly Up Fantasy website. And so uh, get over there. And also the Belly Up regular side, Mr. Mm-hmm. Eric Katz has been writing baseball stories almost nonstop since the season ended. Yeah. And so uh, you'll definitely want to get over there and check him out because he has been long with the pen and and he loves baseball, so you definitely want to get over there and check him out. Yeah, and we'll have Eric on the show sometime in the coming weeks um, to talk with us about baseball. He has been incredibly busy writing about baseball and good stuff, too. Great, great content there from Eric at BellyUpSports.com. Um, so my show is – I got three shows a week now. Uh, Sunday night is here, the Fantasy Baseball Show. Monday night is at the local hour covering Eastern Kentucky University sports. Uh, tomorrow night, we're talking with um, the closer from EKU Baseball uh, will be on the show, Joe Clancy, and then have not confirmed, but the plan is one of the girls from the girls basketball team on the show as well tomorrow night. Um, and like I said, last Monday, we talked with head coach Chris Prothrow from EKU Baseball, worth a listen as well. Um, last year, their catcher got drafted by the, oh, now I just forgot who it was, the Braves maybe? I forget who he got drafted by. I have to look that back up again. Um, and then the year before that, they had a pitcher drafted by the Yankees. So um, things going on at EKU. Wednesday night, me and my dad talk all things sports, a heavy emphasis on football right now um, and the playoffs and things like that. And, of course, we'll get it heavy into baseball throughout baseball season as well. And then uh, I want to encourage people to go over to bellyupsports.com. This season, I will be writing a uh, semi-regular diary of a revived NASCAR fan. Uh, I have jumped back into NASCAR racing after an eight-year hiatus. And uh, so I'm writing about it, how how I got back into the sport. And uh, the next, uh, the, I've only dropped one article so far on it. And then the next one comes out uh, probably next week. And uh, it'll be talking about picking a new favorite driver because all the guys that were around eight years ago are pretty much gone. Uh, so, so I'll go through that. And then uh, throughout the season, I'll be recapping and previewing races as well um, and covering that on the Wednesday Sports Stove podcast also. Um, so there you go. There's that. My yep. Twitter and Instagram yeah, is might, at uh, Sports Stove. 
might uh, mention also that uh, this past week I was a part of the uh, Belly Up uh, or Belly Up Super Show, mm. which uh, involved the NFL playoffs. Which because they moved that Buffalo game, there's still two games to play tomorrow. Yeah. So uh, before those games start, you might want to get if you have not done so, get over there and check it out because we all laid it out there on the line who we thought was going to win these games. So. You can check out and see how just how accurate we are, and uh, if you want to do that, uh, podcast. And, I would imagine it's on probably both the Belly Up Sports and Belly Up Fantasy Sports side. You can catch that. Yeah, it's definitely on Belly Up YouTube, Belly Up Sports YouTube page, um, and there's a lot of content coming out on Belly Up Sports YouTube, um, BellyUpSports.com, BellyUpFantasySports.com as well. Um, stay tuned. There's a ton of stuff coming out. I'll be hosting a NASCAR super show in February. Um, we'll be doing a baseball super show right before the season starts as well. Um, there's going to be plenty of football, super bowl, super shows, draft, super shows, all kinds of stuff going on. Um, now's the time to get subscribed to belly up sports YouTube That's page. Right. So that you way you don't follow yet. yet. You need to you know, do come it on board. Yeah. Do it, do now. it right now. Do it now. All right. So next Sunday, me and Kevin will be back. We'll be talking uh, starting pitchers and, and the rankings and any other Major League Baseball news that breaks between now and then as well. And very possibly have our first guest of the season next week as well. So plenty to, plenty to look forward to to this program. If you tuned in tonight, if you're watching on YouTube, if you could throw us a thumbs up, um, we would really appreciate it. It helps the algorithms and, uh, and uh, of course, a subscription was great. Subscribe to us, share us, all that good stuff as well. If you're listening on the audio version, uh, Apple, Spotify, or wherever, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review, we would really appreciate it. Um, and uh, don't tell the people in your league about the show because you want all the best knowledge, but uh, <laughs> tell everybody else that's not in your league about the program as well and share it with them. Uh, we would also appreciate that. Kevin, any closing thoughts before we head out? Nope, I'm, I'm jazzed, as I mentioned, way at the top. So. Uh... I'm I'm really jazzed. Not even knowing exactly where we're going to head yet. We know <laughs> we have an outline. We know what we're going to be talking about, but have yeah. I have no clue as I sit here who my tiers are, other than the top two guys. After that, we've got some things to talk about, and I'm really looking forward to getting into that. I love it, man. Uh, Kevin Wilson, uh, Vince Stover will be here every Sunday except for Super Bowl Sunday. Um, and we'll be here right alongside a righteous felon jerky and seat geek and belly up fantasy sports as well. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode one of the 2024 season of the sports stove fantasy baseball show until next time. We'll see you around the sports stove. <laughs>